that was on a little bit of a hiatus this summer, um, but we are back today. Uh, I'm Sue Matters, and my co-host is Dr. Shiloh Tippett. We've got a few more moving parts on Community Talk today, along with being on the radio here on 91.9 FM. We've also partnered with Papalak Samisha to do this talk show as a Zoom webinar and we're also potentially broadcasting live on Facebook. So I tried to make my hair look nice. I hope that's okay. Here on Community Talk, we talk about issues that sometimes are difficult, sometimes are fun, but all are important to discuss and so critical to um, have a greater understanding of so that we can live our best lives. So our goal is to offer up some good information, uh, be available to answer questions, uh, take the conversation in helpful directions, and uh, we hope to offer you information that you find useful for sure. Um, so today we have two topics we're focused on. First, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, domestic violence awareness. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And uh, then the second half of the show will be talking about a new initiative, learning about a new initiative around missing and murdered indigenous relatives. So kind of a two-part show today. So welcome to Community Talk. Again, I'm Sue Matters with me. Um, of course, is you know her, you love her, Dr. Shiloh Tippett, who is a licensed clinical psychologist who works at St. Charles Madras. She's a Warm Springs tribal member of Wasco and Tlingit descent. And so welcome to the show, Shiloh. Hi, can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. All right, good. It's great to be back. We haven't done this in a while. I know, I know. Now I'm totally like, oh, wait a second now. I need to see how do I record this? Okay, now I'm <laughs> Um, you know what, Neil, note to the studio, to Neil, can you go, oh, recording, oh, thank you, and I think we're also recording Zoom, I'm assuming, um, Neil, if you could go in the automation room and pull up KWSO and hit Audacity and record the audio, I seem to be struggling with that in here, lots of moving parts, doing things in so many ways, um, so yeah, we are here to, um, talk about, first of all, how are you doing, Shiloh? It's been another weird year. You know, a year ago, we were um, doing a talk show, talking about what a strange year it had been with the pandemic. And now it's like a year later, and it's still strange. And I think people are feeling the effects of that in so many ways that we've talked about before. But now it's like, ridiculous. Will it ever end? Yeah. It's gone on way too long. I mean, really, we all feel that. And part of why today's talk is so important is because a lot of people are struggling. Like domestic violence is at a very high point right now because of the pandemic and because of the stressors and isolation. So, you know, I'm really glad we're doing this topic. I think we're all ready to get back to some kind of normal life. I know. And yet... You let where you don't want to jump the gun. I mean, I don't go anywhere without my face mask, which I just wear on my wrist all the time. Um, you know, <laughs> doing this talk show as a Zoom versus in person is sort of 
Zooming something we've learned over the past couple of years, but it's still, now there's like a little additional stress I find with just getting together with like family that I haven't been around or, you know, going to see friends. It's like, yeah, but, you know, I still feel like I should wear a face mask, you know? Um, and so that's stressful. Social situations are stressful because I don't know how people feel about the protocols and stuff. And so anyway, but I, I always try and yeah. err on the side of caution for sure. Yeah, so. definitely. It is stressful. And this past week, I've decided that I think I might have had COVID-19 at some point because I've like lost my sense of smell and taste. It's been oh, no. like that for a while. I'm like chronically stuffy anyway, so I don't have great senses to start with, but I'm like thinking, you know, I don't know. I think it might have been in July. I'm not really sure. I actually was tested when I was sick that week and went to a doctor who said it was an allergy problem. And so maybe I didn't, but maybe wow. maybe it's psychosomatic or something. But I just I uh, doubt it. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's definitely a sign. You know, I had COVID in August and that is like that was, is a horrible headache. Felt like allergies at first. And you lose your your taste and your sense of smell, and it's like, yes, that's COVID. That is no fun. I know. So I don't know. I like I missed. I guess I missed it. I mean, I was really sick one week, but I thought it was not bad, you know, and and yeah. took action to try and you know know what was going on anyway. So, but today, uh, this week, I've decided to, that I'm saying that. So I'll I, maybe I'll never know, and that's fine too. But I am remaining cautious and encourage others to do so. So there's my sort of my tips for let's still say as much as we want everything to return to normal, let's still be cautious because we can still make a difference in keeping others from getting sick. Absolutely. Hopefully. Yes. So. It matters. Yeah. Oh, that's my last name too. So that worked out good. <laughs> it matters too matters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we are going to just push on if that's okay. Does that sound good? Yeah, right. definitely. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, we're going to focus on um, a conversation about that. I want to let people know if they have questions or comments or you just want to share, there are multiple ways you can contact us, assuming technology doesn't let us down. Uh, you can text at 541 or if you're watching on Zoom, you can get our attention in the chat. I think uh, the fine folks at Papa Loxamisha are paying attention to that. Um, also on the Facebook page, uh, Papa Loxamisha Facebook page, they are broadcasting this. If you want to comment during the live stream, um, they will keep an eye out for that too. Um, coming up, we've got a short interview with Michelle Gonzalez. She's one of the advocates down at Victims of Crime Services. She had reached out earlier in the month to get us to talk a little bit about some of the issues involved with uh, domestic violence and their efforts to make people more aware, let people know, you know, things that they can do to help folks who might be in a bad situation. Um, she talks a little bit about local resources. And so we'll have that. We're going to take a break. We didn't rehearse this. So we're going to take a break now, Shiloh, and then we'll be back. Um, I'm Sue Matters along with Dr. Shiloh Tippett. We'll be back in just about three minutes to get back on the topic of domestic violence here on KWSO. This is Community Talk. And then I'll push the button and see if that works. I think it's going to work.
And she takes another step Slowly she opens the door Check that he is sleeping Pick up all the broken glass And furniture on the floor Been up half the night screaming Now it's time to get away Pack up the kids in the car Another bruise to try and hide Another alibi to write Another ditch in the road You keep moving Another stop sign You keep moving on And the years go by so fast Wonder how I ever made it children to think of babies asleep in the back seat wonder how they'll ever make it through this living nightmare but the mind is an amazing thing full of candy dreams and new toys and another cheap hotel two beds and a coffee machine but there are groceries to buy and she knows she'll have to go home Another ditch in the road You keep moving Another stop sign You keep moving on And the years go by so fast Wonder how I ever made it Savage Garden, the name of that song, Two Beds and a Coffee Machine, kind of a song about uh, inspired, I guess, by a hotel room, probably. Uh, it is Community Talk here on KWSO. Welcome back. We are talking about domestic violence on this month's talk show. And coming up in our second half, a reminder, we'll learn more about a group that's working on a plan for more coordinated community response when someone goes missing. I'm Sue Matters, along with our co-host, Dr. Shiloh Tippett. And uh, to kind of get started on the domestic violence topic, I had asked uh, Michelle Gonzalez, who's an advocate at Warm Springs Victims of Crime Services, to come in. She didn't want to be live on the talk show, on the Zoom call and Facebook. Um, but she did come in and shared a little bit about victims of crime and what they do. 
See, now I realize this is also going to be just us on camera <laughs> listening to what she says. Oh, no, wait. I think I might have something that can roll to go along with this. So anyway, technology is our friend. Technology is our friend. Here's Michelle Gonzalez. We provide um, services for domestic violence, child abuse, uh, sexual assaults on children and adults, elder abuse, um, assault and batteries, bullying. Um, and we're located behind the Culture and Heritage Building at 1108 Wasco Street. Um, you'll see a big banner in the front. Um, we're there from 8 to 5, closed um, from 12 to 1. Unless you call and schedule an appointment for that time, then we can stay. 541-553-2293. Uh, and then after hours, if it's after 5 or on the weekends, call dispatch, and they will um, contact the on-call advocate. Um, the one thing that... Um, we always forget to let people know is that when we do call you back, it'll be from a blocked number. And so answer that phone number if we're calling you back. So uh, Victims of Crime is under the Public Safety Branch. Um, right now in our office, there's myself as Acting Program Manager and Advocate and Tanya Tiwi, who is our other advocate. Um, we are looking for a sexual assault advocate to come work at our program as well. How do folks connect with victims of crime? It just depends. Um, if they are at home and something happens at home, they call law enforcement, and law enforcement will get a hold of us. Or if they don't want law enforcement involved at the time, they can call us and give us, uh, give us a call and schedule an appointment to come in and do an intake or see if we're able to help. So if we have a client come in and want to talk to us about what they're going through, we will go over a safety plan and see if they're willing to do that. Some are just wanting to talk about, you know, what's going on. And then we'll go over like the restraining order process, other safety plans. If they need to go to a shelter, we can um, provide emergency shelter and then get them hooked up with long-term shelter. Or they can go to family members and we'll help with um, like emergency financial assistance, such as gas cards to get where they need to go and stuff. So there can be barriers for anyone seeking to get out of a harmful situation? A lot of it is financial. Um, they either aren't working, they don't have any job skills, so they're afraid to go out on their own. Um, there is a lot of places that will help for them to get those kind of skills. Um, children. They don't want to remove the children from the other parent. Um, a lot of fear. And also, if sometimes if they do leave, um, it, it can result in um, death if, you know, the perpetrator is a very violent person. There's different kinds of abuse, some of which is not visible at all and some that's clearly visible. Um, some is mental, mental abuse. Um, where, you know, they don't hit them, but they'll put them down. Um, financial abuse, such as, you know, controlling all their finances, giving them like a small allowance, making them give them their paychecks or um, their debit cards so they can't go anywhere. Um, and sometimes sexual abuse happens, you know, or they're being raped at home, but they don't want to tell because of, you know, they're embarrassed or they're from a 
family that, you know, they, they think that shouldn't be happening to them. Um, the impact it has on children is that they're witnessing all these abusive behaviors and then, you know, they're, they're um, acting out either at school or, you know, with others. Um, they will exhibit those type of behaviors to others, like to other children, because they think it's okay because it's happening in their home. How prevalent is abuse? From the statistics that we have, 70% of women worldwide will experience physical and or sexual abuse in their lifetime. And one out of four are victims of severe violence. And so, um, so it says American Indian women are particularly at high risk of homicide, including domestic violence homicide. As we try to get out there and, you know, let them know that it's not okay and that they can talk to somebody about what's going on, um, and referring, you know, we do refer to counseling for, you know, stuff like that, even for children to, you know, let them know that it's, that it's not okay and that they're able to talk to somebody about what's going on. What do people need to know about excuses like he's only mean when he drinks? We've learned in different um, trainings that alcohol and drug abuse are not the cause of, of abuse, um, that the person even if they're sober, will be abusive. So no, it's not, there's no correlation. It's the, the person is that way and will always be that way unless they get help. Getting help often means seeking out counseling or doing self-analysis about negative behaviors of all kinds. There's always a root cause, but many don't know what it is without seeking help to alter behavior, whether it's being abusive or addictions. I'm talking with victim's advocate, Michelle Gonzalez from Warm Springs Vokes. What are some steps people can take to help someone who may be in a violent relationship? Some of the steps that um, you can take are just ask them what you can do to help. If they say that they don't want help, go ahead and step back and just let them know that you're there. Um, Listen to them unconditionally without judgment. Continue the support after the victim leaves, or even if they stay, because it does take an average person seven times to actually leave their abuser. Um, Help them to create a safety plan, such as having them put stuff in a bag, like important documents, clothes, clothes for children, um, maybe extra money, and keep it for them, so that when they, if they do have to run, You'll have all that stuff with you for them to be able to take with them if they're leaving the situation. It's important to let the the person make their own decisions. You know, don't try to force them to do something they're not ready to do. Um, they need to decide on their own what what they'll they'll want to do. Um, you can offer them counseling or guidance. You can call our office at 541-553-2293 and we can refer them to the Behavioral Health Center to our um, our specific counselor that we do use over there. Um, set up a code word or a, you know some kind of signal that they're in danger. Like if they call you, they can say some some type of word and then that'll let you be ready for them to either show up or, or call the 
law enforcement, um, help them recognize the abuse. Um, sometimes the person doesn't realize they're being abused. You know, like, I mean, don't go and just point it out, you know, just say, hey, you know, this is what I learned um, in that area, like the financial abuse and, and whatnot. Um, provide them insurance, assurance that, you know, that they're your, that you're there and it's not their fault because a lot of victims will blame themselves um, for what's going on. Help them to assist a restraining order. And we can do that at our office so you don't have to pay the fee at the courthouse. So you can call our office and find out if you're, you qualify for that. And we also have um, numbers for other shelters or if they're located in Madras, the Jefferson County Victims Assistance Program will help. And the most important, you know, is always let them make their own decisions, you know, to do what they need to do for themselves. It's hard not to, you know, step in and, you know, make them, make them leave because sometimes that's more dangerous than, than them staying especially with um, a person that will repeatedly tell them, if you leave me, I'm going to kill you. And it's scary, but, you know, you just be there and listen to them at all times and let them know, you know, I'm here. I'm here for you. And that was Michelle Gonzalez from Victims of Crime Services here in Warm Springs. She's an advocate who works with families. Um, she gave out some phone numbers um, and like some some resources locally we'll have posting on our KWSO Facebook page um, those phone numbers so for victims of crime uh, Warm Springs Behavioral Health there's Saving Grace which is a great organization in Central Oregon um, she mentioned if you live in Madras you can reach out to Jefferson County Victims Assistance um, we'll also be posting the phone number for a national domestic violence support line, Strong Hearts Native Helpline, um, also for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender national hotline and their youth Recording hotline, stopped. and also for the Oregon Youth Line, which has been doing um, some recording work here in, in progress. And so um, we'll have those resources posting on our KWSO Facebook page. Um, just so, you know, do a screenshot and keep that handy in case you need a resource, whether it's you um, trying to get out of a situation or maybe it's somebody that you know and you just want to, you know, learn more about what you can share with them as far as um, resources. You know, listening to that, I thought that was a great kind of overview of, of what they offer and what we're talking about. Um, but also, it's so complicated for people, you know, and she sort of, you know, indicated it takes a lot of time for people to make a plan and execute the plan if they're trying to get out of a circumstance because, you know, ultimately they care about this other person that's, you know, making yeah. life hard. Um, and so part of it is, um, you know, having your plan, how to stay safe, what you might want to do, but also just recognizing that maybe a relationship isn't healthy. Sometimes I know we've talked about that a lot over the last couple of years about um, toxic relationships and things. And so maybe we could get a little bit into, you know, how do you recognize Shiloh, um, you know, that things are not right? Yeah, I want to say a couple of things. First, um, Community Counseling Center does have a crisis counselor available during this show. If people get triggered, a lot of this can be really heavy and hard to deal with. So 
Um, if anyone needs to talk to someone right now, as we are talking, you can call the Counseling Center at 553-3205. Um, it's talk to someone. That's that's the big thing is never stop talking to anyone. I really love what she had to say. Those were excellent points in such a succinct way. Um, a huge thing I want to talk about is trauma bonding um, is a big part of why people stay. Uh, so they know most of the time people are being abused. They know it's not right. They feel it's not right. Um, but they're bonded to their abuser. And that is extremely common. If you think of um, gambling is so addictive because it's an intermittent reinforcement schedule. So sometimes you win big. Sometimes you kind of win. Most of the time you lose. But we hang on to those good moments and we keep gambling. That is just like an abusive relationship. Intermittent reinforcement, we hang on to the good times thinking it will be back again. And even hormonally, we find that people can become bonded to their perpetrator. And that is also a very big reason why people stay. Mm -hmm. And so it's just important to put that out there to provide education to our friends and our family members that we see who are having a hard time pulling away from a relationship um, that a lot of that is physiological and very psychological. All I, right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a lot to think about. And, and I think, you know, one of the points that Michelle made and, and I think fits with this is, you know, you're just if you know someone in this situation, you know, don't judge them. I mean, just let them know you're there to help because they're already you know, struggling plenty with it. And um, yeah. it, it's, you know, it's beyond sort of just uh, a person feeling like they can uh, make things happen when there's all this sort of emotional attachment and, um, you know, thinking about, well, this isn't what I imagined and this isn't how I dreamt my life would be. And, you know, it's it's pretty heavy yeah. stuff. You're right. I'd also add to um, mo much more than just saying, hey, we're here. And it, and oftentimes they go back. And so still being there is important. But literally jumping into that person's life and being a part of it is so important. So we can all say, I'm here for you. If you need to talk, we know they won't talk. We also know the statistics show that if a person's in an abusive relationship long enough, relationship long enough, it gets very bad, sometimes leading to death, like she said. Um, always leaving, leading to serious scarring emotionally or physically. And so I just encourage all of us to lean in very, um, very strongly. Like, don't just let it be. If you know someone is being abused and you see it, then I would want you to often check in with them, look up resources, give them the resources. Do I love, I love the recommendation of a safety word for kids and adults. You can tell your kids, here's a safety word to use if you need to talk to me, have our friends do it, like she said. But I think we're all um, kind of morally responsible for being there for our people who are being abused, which happens to men and women. Uh, so I just wanted to say that, too, is that we do more than just being there, that we are actively involved in helping keep this person safe, because we know psychologically they aren't able to do it themselves. For sure. That's a lot. And, you know, uh, offering those resources and staying involved, but also maybe uh, just creating, you know, if you connect with a friend who's struggling, 
even just that conversation or spending that time together can create like a little tiny safe space that can just be energizing to someone in that situation, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, we started a little late, so we're a little behind schedule. Um, uh, again, I wanted to say that those local resources that Michelle mentioned and some others uh, we're posting on our KWSO Facebook page and our uh, Instagram page. So look for that. Um, and an, an invitation to join in the conversation. If you have a question or a comment or you want to share, you can text uh, 541-460-2255. If you're watching on Zoom, you can get our attention in the chat on the Papa Luxemisha Facebook page. You can make a comment during this live stream and uh, we'll address your comments or questions or um, what it is you want to contribute. I'm Sue Matters along with Dr. Shiloh Tippett. We're going to take a couple minutes of a break and then we'll kind of do a transition a little bit. We'll be talking about missing and murdered indigenous relatives. Um, and we can continue this conversation if people do want to um, continue. We're pretty flexible here at KWSO and Community Talk. Um, stay tuned. We will be right back. Indian boy takes a drink of everything that killed his brother. Indian boy drives his car through the rail over the shoulder of the road on the res where survivors are forced to gather all his bones, all his blood, while the dead watch the world shatter. hitchhiking on the old highway Indian girl left the road and some white wolf ate her heart away Indian girl found naked by the river shot twice in the head one more gone one more gone and our world fills with all of our dead Jim Boyd and Sherman Alexia song called Small World. I just always liked that song. And it seemed like, 
you know, things can be tough and we don't want to shy away from that. I'm Sue Matters along with Dr. Shiloh Tippett. This is Community Talk here on KWSO. We've been talking about domestic violence. Shiloh had a couple extra things she wanted to say. Yeah, I just wanted before we uh, move to the next part of this, which I'm very excited for, is that uh, a huge um, component that we're often missing, we are, we're trying to get people out of bad situations. I really would love a shift to keeping people from getting into bad relationships. So really paying attention to what we are teaching our children in our lives, um, what we are modeling for, for our young people, that we want to not get into those relationships. They're extremely hard to get out of. And, and lots of people never do. But if we could decondition some of the things Disney has taught our people or um, what we see adults doing and instead start focusing on looking for red flags in relationships as they begin. Um, you want to really track red flags as they're coming up because we can be easily fooled, especially if we have a trauma history or some kind of um, background that makes us not see ourselves completely. So I just encourage people, uh, I won't go on and on about it because I want to hear from the others, but no red flags and no green flags, which are positive things, and work to keep that in your life and to teach that to young people in your life as well so they don't end up in these relationships. That's all I want to say because I want to move on. That was really great. Well, and I think the, um, you know, I was thinking, I was telling someone earlier, we could really be doing two shows, one on domestic violence and one about missing and murdered Indigenous people. Um, but some of the commonality between those two um, topics that we have on today is just violence in general and our, you know, unhealthy tolerance of too much violence in our lives and 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 what do you do? It's always, you know, it's always difficult to deal with. Um, and when, you know, someone goes missing, it's heart-wrenching, you know? So um, so we're back here on Community Talk, and we have with us today uh, Raina Estimo and Raylene Thomas, both who are part of a group who've been working here in Warm Springs on a missing and murdered Indigenous relatives. I was saying initiative. I don't know if that's a good term versus project. Um, and so, Raina, maybe if you could introduce yourself and just kind of give us an overview of um, what you guys are thinking and, you know, and why. Um, my name is Raina Estimo. I am a community planner for the Health and Human Service branch of the Confederated Tribes. And my primary, um, my primary job is to work with... Um, with this new coalition. So technically we're a coalition. Um, we're just starting up. Uh, we've been working for a few months now, just doing some preparations to launch. Um, we're finally getting to a place where we feel like we can start talking about our group because we feel like we're getting semi-organized. Um, but the group is called Res Active and it's a missing, and it focuses on missing and murdered indigenous relatives Missing and murdered Indigenous people is a term that a lot of people like to use. Um, we like to use missing and murdered Indigenous relatives because we feel like it um, it shifts that focus that we want, that this is a community-based approach, that all these people that have gone missing um, or that are killed, that they are somebody's relative. And we want to make sure that people remember that and that they're a part of our community and that they're important. So 
that's why we we use the word relative it's confusing to people sometimes but but that's what we like to do um but I would like Raylene to talk about how our group even started and then maybe she can start to get into um some of the projects that we have going on that we're starting up Thank you, Reina. Hello, everybody. Thank you for inviting us to be here. I'm glad to be here. Um, my name is Raylene Thomas, and I am the criminal justice planner for um, the tribes. I'm under the prevention program. And um, so how this started was honestly just being a community member, um, a mother, a daughter, um, and just being frustrated with um, the most recent cases here on our own reservation. And um, I just felt like we need a community response. Um, we can't always depend on resources or, um, you know, law enforcement. And so I just felt like something needed to get started that was community driven. And um, just what originally had started was to create um, a foundation for community members and families of missing and murdered to conduct their own searches in the community. And then it developed into this whole um, missing and murdered indigenous relatives and the res active coalition with Raina. Um, I reached out on Facebook just to see if anybody would be interested in helping with something like this. And Raina was the only one that responded her and Austin junior, um, with natural resources. And, um, but it's primarily been, um, the both of us, but we do have, um, some community members and, um, other departments that are going to be partnering with us. So that's how it started. Um, we are working on um, a reaching out to the families that are directly affected um, by missing and murdered here on our reservation. Um, we'll be meeting with them privately um, and we'll be reaching out soon. And then, um, you know, the importance of that is to get their personal experience because they have firsthand experience with this issue um, and their voice and their experience is so critical to how we can respond better as a community and also to hold departments and stuff accountable um, for their response or lack of and then um, we'll be doing a youth um, meeting as well because youth perspective and and input and education is important as well. And then also a community um, meeting because we all know how important community input is as well. Um, everybody is affected in one way or another. And so, um, you know, we're going to be working on gathering um, quantitative information as well as qualitative. So. Um, but Raina has been a key factor in everything. She's amazing with um, technology and gathering information and stuff like that. So I really appreciate her teaming up and um, just being a core advocate 
and partner with this type of work. So I I have a question. So in in general, part of the concept is um, in, as a community, we could do better in lots of ways. In in response to when someone goes missing, what can we do? We can, um, you know, sometimes it's a it's a long time till like you see a Facebook post about somebody who's missing. When you know Facebook for good or bad can really get the word out on something, but also in maybe being proactive in um, doing some education around how to keep yourself safe or, um, you know, so I guess, is that right? Would you say that this is sort of a little bit of a grassroots community effort to just do better and to help protect people and, and help support those that are, you know, that's a hard thing when you have a relative who's missing. It's a lot. Yeah, I would say um, um, the model, the model, we created a model for, and it's, it turned in after our first meeting, we realized this is going to be a huge endeavor. Um, it turned into us organizing community-based searches and, um, and then just because of our group's background, um, which also um, Charlene Dimmick has also done a lot of work with us. And um, as a group, we have a prevention background. So we really started realizing how important the prevention aspect was of this whole project. And that we would be doing a disservice if we, if we only focused on the searches and we didn't focus on the prevention parts of it. So, so we have all these um, information gathering um, projects that Raylene was describing, we have so many ideas. We have so many ideas and um, kind of the goal of the information. We want community input. We want the community to tell us what they think is important, what they want our priorities to be. So that's kind of the phase that we're in right now. Um, and while still trying to organize um, the community search aspect of it. And just listening to Michelle Gonzalez's, um, her interview that she did, you know, the expertise and the knowledge is in our community. And I feel like the goal is for our coalition is gonna be to just bring everybody together for these types of projects. We know that, we know the knowledge is out there. We just need to compile it so, so we can do the, you know, the searches as well as the prevention education pieces of it. It seems like that's a great idea, too, because instead of, you know, when someone goes missing, it's a very reactionary situation. So in this way, um, there's, you know, a lot of opportunity to be proactive. I mean, it's really contributing to community wellness if we if there is that sort of education piece, but also just having way more support, I think, for families than there is now. Um, it can be nothing but positive. And I think the support is out there people want to help and that's and that's where we want to step in is we want to create an avenue and a system like on these community-based searches where people can help people are willing to help it's just there's not any kind of organized approach to do it so that's that's one of our main goals 
Yes, and another thing um, is, you know, the relationship between the community and law enforcement. Um, I am a previous probation officer. Um, my, I come from a law enforcement family background, but that doesn't mean that I don't know that there are issues when it comes to that relationship. And so I think another great part of this is that we are community members, we're tribal members, and, um, you know, to be able to gather information or create something that hopefully our community members can trust and be willing to be a part of and um, want to be more proactive with us. So um, that was a big part of it too. And um, I'm, I'm excited and grateful for you letting us share the information. Here for you, you guys. We're here for you. It's I wish, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna have a comment here, like with um domestic violence, bystanders play such an important role. Most people don't say anything or do anything to intervene. And that sends this message that no one really cares, right? Like, and you guys have started doing something to really show you won't be bystanders. You're gonna actually do something for this that's happening in our community and in, in our, you know, Indian communities. And I'm really happy for that. You know, it, it's great. It encourages and inspires us to also stand up and do something. I think sometimes people feel helpless, but also that what it looks like if no one does anything, it looks really bad. Like we're just complacent and we don't care. So I appreciate that you guys are standing up and doing something. Yeah, these are, these are conversations. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to put our months of work so far into, you know, into 30 minutes, but domestic violence, of course, is gonna is huge. It's a huge, gonna be a huge part of our work. Um, our prevention, we have we have root causes that our prevention, um, education and programs and advocacy is gonna focus on, and domestic violence is one of them, of course. Um, substance use is one of them, um, homelessness. And then education and employment are some of the root causes um, that we've seen throughout other um, MMIP and MMIW reports. So, so those, so we have focus areas, and then that, and that's what we want to do with our community data. Is we want okay, we have our focus areas. Now, what does the community want us to focus within those focus areas? What projects do you want us to pursue? What policy and advocacy and and just like Raylene said the biggest one of the biggest things because we kind of had an impromptu meeting this week with a a family member that's going through this process and this law enforcement um we feel like this is really important that that we have community members that are leading this initiative because even though me and Raylene both come from law enforcement families we want to make sure that we're giving the community a place to um, be able to be critical on law enforcement first, because I mean, because everyone can get better and that's where we're coming at it. And we know, we know law enforcement lacks resources, you know, but, but we really, that's just what we're striving for. We just want everyone to be better and we want to become one of those resources for law enforcement. When they can't go and search for a family, we want them to be able to activate us and let's let's let us get that started for you and 
in our network. And we've been, I mean, we've been, we've met with people from Washington. We've met with people from the Portland area and um, the Columbia river. And we're, we're wanting to establish networks, you know, cause when our people go missing, sometimes they end up on other reservations or sometimes they end up in the urban area. So we're, we're, we're really trying to expand our network at the same time while we're trying to build this program. So it's, it's a lot of work, but but yeah, I'm thankful for Raylene as well. Um, you know, we're very passionate about it and we're we're getting a lot done in the little time we've been together so far. I, I feel like it could be a starting point for just like a really positive um, model of things that we can do in this community to just make things better, you know? Um, so more power to you for sure, hoping for that. I think it's a great idea. And it does it does really touch a lot of people. And some of those root causes for sure are things that people are living with all the time, you know? So um, even if uh, someone hasn't gone missing, a lot of the scenarios involved in some of these cases, I think are very relatable to people. And those people would have some really valuable input. So that community input piece too, I think super, super important. Um, I know uh, next month on Community Talk, I think we're going to have a um, a focus on indigenous people. So we might be able to do like an update if you guys have anything new um, or even just putting some questions out there for people to respond to. Um, I think we're wide open on our topic for next month. <laughs> so um, yeah, I appreciate you joining us here on Community Talk. And I think these two topics, missing and murdered indigenous people and also domestic violence, they are intertwined, you know, for sure. So um, it worked out good. Shiloh, you have anything additional to add as we, I'm checking the one clock of the four clocks in the newsroom here at KWSO. That seems to be sort of right. Um, yeah, I really appreciate the um, relatives piece. I usually say people and relatives, that really resonates with me. And thinking about we can't be bystanders and we need to get in there and help people who are in domestic violence relationships. When we think about there are relatives that you're right, Rena. it makes it so much more personal. And it's true. We all know that, right? Like, even if we never met someone, our indigenous people, we're all relatives. And so I just want to say, I appreciate that. That's something I will switch from now on because I usually say people, um, it also brings it home a lot harder. These are relatives and people. And then the other thing is I'm thinking we, this is, there's a lot of interest in this topic. Maybe we can do it like a podcast in next week or something with all of us to, to further this discussion. I would love that. So thank you guys for doing this. Well, we'll, we'll turn this into a podcast too. So um, and in fact, for today's show, Community Talk, which is a talk show here on the radio on 91.9 FM, thanks to our friends at Papaloxamisha for uh, giving us this Zoom podcast or this Zoom, what is it? It's a webinar. It's not a meeting. It's a webinar. So there was different buttons to push, apparently, um, but also live streaming on Facebook. You never know how many more people might, um, you know, just hear even a little of this and just get those wheels turning um, for people thinking about these topics and um, what kind of impact they could have in someone else's life or in helping them come to make a positive decision in their um, lives. So um, community talk here on KWSO now online and live on Facebook. We will be archiving the audio from this program and then also 
um, maybe the recording of the Zoom meeting on the KWSO website. That's kwso.org. There's a, a big ad at the top of our homepage you can click on, and hopefully we'll have those links there for you a little later on today. So big thanks to our partners, Papa Lux and Isha, who did all the technical work today. And uh, thank you to Raina Estimo, Raylene Thomas, the Warm Springs Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives Coalition. Now I know it's coalition, so... And of course, as always, Dr. Shiloh Tippett, any gems you want to leave us with today? Uh, I've just been thinking that when we're in difficult situations, we forget that we matter to people. We get in our own minds and, and we listen to the abuser. And I just want to remind everyone who's listening that you completely matter. Your life matters. And there are people who care. And thank you, Sue, for your time on this today. You did a ton of work, so thank you. No, no problem at all. And I, I wrote this down. The the effort that Raina and Raylene are talking about is res active. And uh, we could apply that in a lot of different things in our lives and try and be more active and engage and uh, make good things happen. So that's it. That's Community Talk for today here on KWSO. Thanks for everyone who's listened and participated. And we'll be back next month. Be listening for the date and details on that. I'm Sue Matters, and this is KWSO 91.9 FM. I'm going to play the end, the end song there, Neil, and then you can talk to Neil in the other room. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, thank you. Can we just talk? Can we I just so. talk? Talk about where we're going before we get lost. Let me our thoughts. Can't get what we know without knowing. I've never felt like this before. I apologize if I'm moving too far. Can we just talk?